0: are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. If you're one of those people who wants to break into the world of philanthropy, nonprofits, and startups, then you are in the right place, my friends. Get ready for a supercharged jolt of inspiration. So grab a mug and take a chug because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And before I introduce my guest, if you haven't already signed up for the Java Junkie Journal, which is our weekly newsletter giving you a heads up on the episodes that we'll be dropping that week, please do so. Just go to the Time for Coffee website at timethenumber4coffee.org and sign up. My guest today is Dennis Whittle, who co-founded and leads Feedback Labs, which is all about trying to change the norms in development, in aid, and in philanthropic policy in order to be more responsive to the people those policies are supposed to help. What a concept. Dennis has worked for over 30 years in international aid and philanthropy. He's also a co-founder of Global Giving, the first global crowdfunding website where he was CEO from 2000 to 2010. And before that, he was an economist at the World Bank, where he worked for 14 years in Indonesia, Russia, Papua New Guinea, and Niger, on agriculture, housing reform, energy efficiency, structural adjustment, and innovation. Dennis, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go?
1: I've got my tall latte right in front of me.
0: Awesome. That is exactly what we like to hear. A latte. Delicious. Dennis, we are going to jump into the espresso shots. 10 quick questions to help Java junkies who are interested in breaking into the world of philanthropy and nonprofits, how to do it. So what are the entry-level jobs that are available to young people who want to break into these fields?
1: My number one piece of advice to young people who want to get into philanthropy or international development is to get frontline experience as quickly as possible. So if you want to do international work, go to the Peace Corps or somehow get yourself into the field and spend one or two years right on the front lines. Similarly, domestically, you can volunteer at a soup kitchen or work with the homeless or work with children, but get right on the front line and establish your your street cred before you do anything else.
0: Fantastic. And once they do that, what are the entry level jobs in your space?
1: Once you have that type of experience, then if you are good and conscientious and do a little studying about the issues, you can rise quickly from program officer positions or program assistant positions up the ranks within organizations. Each organization is different. Domestic side is a little bit different than the international side, but usually you start off as a program specialist and you might rise up to be the director of a program and start managing people. And then you might move into the policy area.
0: Got it. What about a useful skill or skills that you look for, Dennis, in the young people that you hire?
1: I look for three or four things. First is initiative. The most single most important factor in success for young people that I've seen is just the willingness and ability to take an initiative, to hear about an issue or a challenge the organization's facing and say, I'll figure it out. I'll go and do it. This requires a couple of things. It requires organizational skills. The second most important is attention to detail. It's very important to do things well. And just because you're working in the nonprofit or the do-good sector doesn't mean you should do things to a low level of quality. In fact, it's just the opposite. When you're trying to help people improve their lives, it's maybe more important that you do things to a high level of quality. So number two is attention to detail and quality. Number three is your ability and willingness to listen, to listen to the people that you seek to serve and to listen to your colleagues and your bosses about what it takes to serve them. Fantastic.
0: Dennis, Is someone's major a deciding factor to break into this field? In other words, if they haven't studied whatever it is, is that a deal breaker?
1: I think personally, you should study whatever you want to study at college. I was a religion major in college, and I went on to become a very senior economist at the World Bank and an entrepreneur. So personally, I'm evidence that you can study things that don't seem at all related to what you do in the future. I look for people who have interesting perspectives on the world and on life and on people. And that can come from any major, from engineering to philosophy.
0: I love it. What about a graduate degree and less so for somebody who wants to break into the field, more so for someone who wants to succeed, who wants to rise up the ranks, perhaps to be a CEO, to be an executive director? How important is it to have that grad school degree?
1: So I think after a few years of experience on the front lines, for most people, it makes sense to go back and get a graduate degree. Graduate school helps you think about what you have experienced in a more systematic way and gives you the ability to apply certain tools to what you've been seeing. For some people, that means to get a degree in public health, where you learn about epidemiology and health systems. For others like me, it's public policy, which is a combination of economics, statistics, politics. Business schools now do a terrific job, some of them, in equipping people to run big uh, nonprofit and international organizations. So there are many different paths you can take. For most people, I encourage them to go back to grad school after they've been working for a couple of years to get that perspective and to get those tools that will allow them to be effective in leading their organization in the future.
0: Wonderful. What about life experiences? What in your experience, Dennis, do you think are some of the more useful ones for someone Who wants to start out in the field of philanthropy or nonprofits, international development work?
1: When I look back at my life, I have done so many different jobs. I have been a short order cook, a busboy. I've delivered newspapers. I once had a job painting the bleachers in the high school stadium. I've been a research assistant. I have had a ton of different experiences and all of them prepared me in one way or the other for the work I'm doing. One thing many of them have in common is being service jobs. You have to wait on customers. People come in and you serve them and you implicitly get feedback from whether they return or not or maybe what they say. So I strongly urge people to take service jobs in the summer, just to get the experience of what is it like to help somebody.
0: Great advice. What for you, Dennis, is the best part of being in this line of work?
1: The best part of being in this line of work is having some feeling at the end of each week that at least I tried to make the world a better place. And I don't always succeed. And much of the work is very frustrating. But at least I have the satisfaction of saying to myself, I'm trying. And I'm working with people who also are trying and we're pulling, we're pulling in the right direction. Sometimes we make progress, sometimes we don't. But I feel profoundly grateful for that opportunity in life.
0: That's such an interesting response to say that you feel grateful.
1: I think many of us have a very rich life in school i was just talking to somebody about this the other day in school we read all these interesting books we read so many novels we learn so much the fabric of our lives is so rich but often in our careers we do work that might be remunerative or might be high status but it's really not that interesting it's not that rich it's not that stimulating we don't learn that much So I feel lucky that I am able to do things where I learn a ton every day. It's very enriching, very stimulating, frustrating often.
0: So let's talk about that frustrating. (laughs) The flip side, what is it about your current job that sucks the most?
1: Whenever you start something new, it's like pushing a giant boulder, not only up a hill, but against people who are trying to keep you from from succeeding. Being an entrepreneur is all about trying to change the way the world operates. And that is inherently a very, very difficult thing to do. Half the time, you're not even sure if your idea is a good one or not. And the other half of the time, you're sure it's a great idea, but it's really hard to bring it into reality. So you have to convince people, not only that the world can be different, but that you know how to help make it different. And those are two very, very big challenges. When you succeed, you feel great. But many times you feel like you're spinning your wheels. And sometimes you feel like maybe you're even heading in the wrong direction.
0: Dennis, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten?
1: The best career advice I got was after I had been working for seven years and I went into my boss's office and he wanted me to work on a problem, in this case, big energy efficiency project. And I gave him a thousand reasons why it couldn't be done. And he said, well, do it anyway. And I said, well, what do you want me? I I just told you that it's impossible to do. What should I do? And he said something like, I don't know. I wouldn't put you in charge if I knew exactly what to do. I think you ought to just go out in the world and do what makes sense. And I was infuriated to get that direction from my boss because I thought it was so flippant. But the next day I went out and started applying that lens to everything I did. It's like, in this situation, what would make the most sense instead of applying the lens of what would other people do or how's it done in the past? So I've tried to just keep that question front and foremost in my mind ever since. In every situation, try to do what makes sense. It won't always succeed. But if you don't start there, you'll never get there.
0: I love it. I love that advice. That is fantastic. Dennis, what movies... If any, what Netflix series or fiction books do you think accurately depict philanthropy or the world of international development and nonprofits?
1: Boy, that's a tough one. I, I would say I don't. I would say philanthropy and nonprofits are just part of life. I don't consider them a specialized field where you gotta you gotta watch specialized movies. Lacare has written some movies having to do with international aid and the pharmaceutical industry that are interesting and good. But really, philanthropy and aid are just about people and about life and all the conundrums and absurdities and challenges and tragedies and comedies that you encounter in everything from Blazing Saddles to Shakespeare. It's all there, and you'll see it all in international development and philanthropy. So again, my advice is, watch a wide range of things. And if you do that, you're likely to develop a library of experiences in your mind that you'll find applicable.
0: Great. So final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about this line of work?
1: Java junkies would probably be surprised to learn that it takes more effort and higher quality and greater skills to succeed than it does in business, banking, and other aspects of the economy. When you work in philanthropy and aid, you actually have fewer resources at your disposal, so you have to use those resources more effectively. You have to work smarter. You have to work more collaboratively. So a lot of people imply that the nonprofit or the philanthropy or the aid sector doesn't do as good a job as business. I think the opposite is true. I think you have higher quality people that are working smarter, and more effectively with the resources that they have. Got to be scrappy, right? Absolutely.
0: Dennis, thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. I really enjoyed getting to learn a bit more about uh, what you think is essential and important for Java junkies who want to break into this field. Thank you, Andrea.